Every Woman is a feminist show that highlights the struggles, triumphs, and accomplishments of women and girls and the men who support them. Every Woman includes a rich intersection of female voices that represent a wide range of ethnicities, social and economic status, as well as political and spiritual beliefs, with the purpose to enact social, political, environmental, and economic change. The views and opinions expressed on Every Woman are those of the hosts and the guests and do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Midcoast Radio Project Incorporated, KKFI staff, board, or management. Hello and welcome to Every Woman on KKFI. I am Julissa Gillig and I am your host today. I am so excited and grateful to be here. It is my first time in the host seat here on the Every Woman show and I am joined with Una and Fiona here in the studio. How are y'all doing? Doing good. It's been a good day. I've had two hours sleep but I'm doing, I'm holding up. I have Diet Coke. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Yeah. We're we're here in studio and we are joined on Zoom with our guest today. I wanted to have this second Saturday show be about wellness on an individual level and a community level. So talking with people who are doing healing arts, have healing professions, and are doing work also in the community here in Kansas City, helping all of us live live better here in the city. Um, and our guest today is Arlene Williams, who is joining us virtually here in the studio. Arlene Williams is a body worker whose practice incorporates massage and sound healing. She works with crystals, gem essences, and studies numerous healing modalities. Arlene is also an organizer for the Kansas City AIDS Walk, an annual fundraising walk that seeks to stop HIV stigmatization in Kansas City. Arlene, welcome to Every Woman. How are you doing? What's up, Jalissa? Hello, Every Woman listeners. How you living? Hey, I'm so glad to have you here today. Um, let's get into it. Shall All right, we? Cool. <laughs> okay, so. Tell me, how did you end up here in Kansas City doing healing work? You're a body worker, you do massage. Tell us a little bit about your story um, and what ended you up in a healing profession. Whoa, that's a, that's a really great question, Julissa. Thanks for asking. Um, hmm. So here's the thing, right? We don't often realize that little nudges are given to us throughout our lives, right? And as I was preparing for today and just taking some notes for myself because I didn't want to forget anything, I did not realize how many nudges I had actually had before I finally said yes. And yes to me, a full-on yes is a sacred contract. It has sacredness in it. It should not be taken lightly. So, to get into how I ended up in Kansas City, it really goes all the way back to junior high when I had an injury because we had a band director leaving. And it was like eighth grade band, just having fun. 
and it was a softball game, and I was running to catch a pop fly. Uh, one of our trombone players was running to catch a pop fly, and we ran into each other, like smack <laughs> head on, right? <laughs> it hurt, but I kept going. I was young, right? No, no biggie, no problem. Um, after that, I noticed I had headaches, and I was not a kid or a person who, who had regular headaches. So it started bugging me enough where I started trying to talk to my parents about chiropractic. And uh, to this point, I had never tried it. And I didn't really know anybody in my family who went for chiropractic care either. So and it's just some stuff I had read. I'd always kind of been, I'd noticed I had an affinity for natural health and healing and was always amazed at how the body could naturally heal itself, right? So we go from there to um, me going to the chiropractor, my headache is better. Then we go to high school and I'm a basketball, I was, oh my gosh, I was so active in high school. Uh, I think I joined almost every club and org that I could. <laughs> Because uh, let me explain, you're from a small town, a small farming community. And if by chance you did not have a farmer live on a farm, um, things could be like not too exciting unless you did a lot of stuff in school, right? So I just wanted to soak it all in, take it all in, and travel for me is learning too. So high school, I was playing basketball. I had injury two years where the chiropractor again helped, I felt, me back to health. And that kind of opened up my brain, opened up my pathways to, well, what do I want to do when I get out of high school? I knew I wanted to go to college, but I didn't really know what for, but I kind of caught the Cairo bug. So I was thinking in that direction in the beginning, Cairo or being an osteopath. The reason that I didn't, um, I'm kind of embarrassed to say I was a chicken. <laughs> I wasn't sure I could handle the heavy duty like math and science to get through osteopathic medicine. It, it, I laugh at that now, but you know, when we don't have a system of belief, we, we don't have it. That's something we have to build on. So going from there, I ended up in college um, studying broadcasting and film with a minor in journalism. Um, I got into and saw a program on Taekwondo at UCM. I was going to UCM. I was also a marching mule. Yeah, UCM, mules. Oh, mules. Sorry, I have to do that shout out because we hear a lot of uh, KU up here. So I'm doing the shout out for the mules and the Jennings. Um, and a lot of people in the band would have like sore shoulders, sore ankles, sore everything, and they would ask me, hey, can you work on me? And I'm not really sure why they singled me out. I just know that my roommate asked me constantly to help because she was in the drum line. So it kind of went from there, and again, I got more into it. As I got into the Taekwondo Club, as I started having community there, um, I got more serious about working out. Um, at one time, I even thought I might even get into natural bodybuilding. That's how serious I was into it. 
Um, the opportunity came where eventually I ended the Taekwondo classes. I also taught um, it within the community of Lawrenceburg itself. So I was teaching Taekwondo. So I was working out, but I was also working to put myself through school. I was also working for uh, the quick service industry, i.e. Mickey D's, right? So Mickey D's promised if I worked X amount of hours a week, I could move up and they could pay for, you know, more education. And I thought, okay, it might not be bad to get an MBA. That might be a cool thing. So I worked my rear off for Mickey D's, but it just felt like something was missing. Um, I love the people. I love the opportunity to serve, but it was a lot different than teaching like my Taekwondo class where that felt more, hmm, how can I explain it? it it's a really interesting dichotomy to serve fast food to people <laughs> and then you go more into uh, an Eastern tradition that is more about all over holistic nature right mm, definitely um so basically yeah so basically the fast food journey is what brought me to kansas city originally that's what that's what brought me here because they needed outlets opened um i've opened like three different locations actually so and that takes a lot so that's really how i ended up here i know that doesn't totally get into the healing thing but it's coming <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty amazing that you you wouldn't think of that a fast food chain more. would that a t fast food chain would be a part of your journey into a healing art practice yeah it's kind of like we we had regulars so there were people that would come into the store and because i was in management i had long shifts like it would not be uncommon for me to work 12 hours easily. So sometimes I would see those people twice in one shift. So kind of think about that. If they're coming through for breakfast, and then they come back for a meal, that's, that's a very interesting um, choice, right? And that's stuff that you're putting in your body. Of course, we got discounts. So most of us ate there. I was eating there. I was drinking a lot of soda back then. Um, so yeah, you start to see the effects on your own body. So it just kind of started to question, you know, is this really the path for me? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you ended up here in KC doing what you do. Mm -hmm. And how long have you been um, a body worker here in Kansas City? Uh-oh. Well, I guess I, this is where the rubber hits the road, right? I have to admit. Uh, I have been in working and or teaching in this industry for over 20 years. Awesome. That's amazing. Well, I'm so glad to hear more about your story. Um, we're about to take a quick break here um, in a minute, and then we'll come back and we'll learn more about your practice 
um, some of the tools that you use, some of the sound healing and crystals, how that's incorporated in your work. And then we're also gonna get into talking about the Kansas City AIDS Walk. And I'm so excited to hear about your story, um, learn more about the walk, and spread some awareness about why HIV destigmatization is still so important in all over, but especially in our Kansas City community here. Absolutely. Sounds great. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Yep, well, we'll be taking a quick break now. All right, and we are back here with Arlene Williams um, talking about her practice as a body worker here in Kansas City. May I ask a question first? What yeah. The term body worker is, I have not heard that expression before. What does that mean? Uh, Arlene, do you want to answer that question? Um, I do. But it later, is that possible? Yeah, I could say a quick definition um, as far as my understanding of a body worker um, is someone who's doing okay. as a healing practice that's incorporating the body. So massage, um, some people would qualify like a Reiki practitioner as a body worker. Okay. Um, some, someone that's working with the wellness of, of the body. Um, yes. So we'll just expand on that just a little bit because it is it does come in later. Uh, body work to me, for me, is not simply just about placing oils across the body and being oils. That's how a lot of people understand massage therapy. Um, and because of what's been marketed as massage therapy, it might be seen more as something that you do for yourself as a treat or on a special day, like today. My birthday, I would take myself to a spa and I would get maybe uh, some sort of a massage treatment or something. But I see it more as a key to holistic living and a key to having the best and highest level health that we can. And I employ a lot of different modalities and techniques for that purpose. Um, and it's also about taking care of, most people just understand things from the physical, but we have etheric bodies that come out from the physical that we also must treat if we want to change the tone of our life or if we want to uh, dismantle, like say you have back pain, well, to get to the back pain is not just the physical observation that there's back pain. The back pain can come from one of the ethereal bodies that we have, and we have seven of those. I'm getting ahead of myself on what I was going to talk about later, but I just wanted to explain since the question came up. So that's why I see myself as a body worker, and I don't just use the term massage therapy because I feel like it's been thrown out there a lot, and most people just kind of uh, acknowledge that as, well, this is what happens when you go to a spa and there's the menu and you pick something and you have that thing done or whatever. Yes, thank you for expanding on that. And yeah, when you're talking about etheric bodies for listeners out there, who that might be a new term to them, we're talking about energy bodies. So we're talking about um, space that's beyond just your physical skin that you can touch. Um, and many body yes. workers- Yeah, or some people say auras. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some people say auras, it's the same thing, yeah. 
Yeah, and so body workers, they a lot of them have a kind of multifaceted practice like yours, and um, we want to get more into that. But first, um, I would love to hear about your history and involvement with AIDS Walk Kansas City, um, and just talk about what what motivated you to become a part of AIDS Walk. What is AIDS Walk? Well, hmm. What first led me to AIDS Walk was just seeing the deep need and a deep group of people being unheard. So that was the first thing um, that led me there. I didn't understand why, from a government standpoint, that we weren't funding. And I didn't know, I didn't hear about research. I just knew we were losing a lot of individuals to something that it seemed like people couldn't quite put their fingers on, but was being ignored. Now, to back up a little bit from that, um, I had my own personal connection with, with this whole uh, HIV AIDS story as well. So again, I'm working in fast food, but I can tell, or I feel like that's not really my purpose. Along the line, I have been getting information or requesting information from the Massage Therapy Training Institute, which was here in Kansas City. It's no longer called that. It has a different name now. But at the time, um, the founder, who was Terry Oglesby, and I, I just love her and I miss her so much. She is no longer here on the earth with us, but she is one of the reasons that I am and I do what I do today. So much appreciation for her being one of my ancestors um so i would get information from them and i was like ah yeah i'll go check it out but i just wouldn't go check it out and then <laughs> what came before me was i you do tarot right yes uh, i do Jalissa. Mm -hmm. so yeah. you know in tarot they have a card that's called the tower yes the tower <laughs> card the where infamous tower card just freaking just <laughs> Explodes and goes berserk, right? So Definitely. I had a tower moment. Yeah. My mom had called me and said, something's going on with your brother, Joe. He's in the hospital. He's in Florida. And I don't know what's going on. Um, it really hurt me that my mom had to give me that phone call because prior to that point, a month earlier, we had just buried my father. Wow. Okay. So I'm taking this phone call from Mama, and I'm like, Mama, don't worry. I'll figure out what's going on. I'll make some calls. Do you have phone numbers for me? What can I do? So, of course, I got on the horn. I finally was able to speak with him. He was in Tampa um, at a teaching hospital there that's very much like uh, KU Med here. Mm -hmm. And I talked to people at the nursing station. I'm like, can I speak with him? So I asked him, what is going on? Mama said, you're in the hospital. Are you okay? And he was like, sis, I'm really sick. Uh, they say I have this, this virus that's going around and, and my heart just sank, right? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't quite wrap my head around it because I was like, well, what happened? And how do you get it? And so we have this little short conversation. I tell him, don't worry brother, I'm going to come and see you. I'm going to come check out what's going on. And 
and everything's going to be fine. I'm going to send somebody just to hang out with you until I get there, right? Is that okay? He goes, oh, yeah, that'd be great, blah, blah. So we hang up the phone, and I must admit, at that point, it was probably one of the weakest moments of my life because I fell to my knees. I was screaming and crying, and I said, my brother's dying. Now, I didn't know that. It just came from somewhere. It was like the information came through me. And I knew I had to act immediately. Like I couldn't drag my feet. I, I just had to go, right? So I call work. I tell them I'm going to need a next couple of days off. Uh, my partner and I, at the time, we drove. We made the drive. Well, work didn't want to give me the time off because I had just taken time off from my father's passing. <laughs> and they kind of felt like, oh, well, that's kind of convenient. You're taking extra time off. Well, I don't care what you think. This is a family matter. It's a family emergency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we drove, and I got to the hospital, and it was an AIDS wing. And that was the first time I'd ever been in an AIDS wing myself personally. Um, I was really scared when we first arrived because the nurse didn't understand who I was wanting to see, and the person that they pointed me toward was fully intubated. And that really freaked me out because I had just talked to him on the phone and I was like, oh my gosh, how could he be intubated? Well, of course, it it took us two days to drive there, right? So they're like, no, 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 oh, I'm sorry. You're here to see Joe because there was another guy there that was named Joe. But his his name was Joe, short for Joseph. My brother's name is just Joe, period, right? So then we went in, we talked to him. I saw what was going on. I got all the information from all the doctors, nurses, and everything, and I just launched into action. That's, that's the best way I can explain it. I called my sister here back home because I felt like I needed family support because I did not receive family support. So we're getting to the stigma part, right? Mm-hmm. I, got to see sti- I got to see stigma within my own family. Wow. And that was really hurt. That was very hurtful and painful. And I got so frustrated and angry about it that my partner told me to go walk the quadrangle to walk it off. And I had to. And that caused a rift for many years between me and that one family member. Um, But then we had made a plan. We had made a home plan to get him back to Missouri, figure out how we were going to take care of him and everything when we got back. And then me, in trying to drive back, he passed away. Wow. So I was the last one of the family to be with him, and I was only with him like two and a half days. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. It was hard because he is such a creative. He's some of the people we need now. We need the creative beings, right? He was an artist. He was a musician. Um, He had cut actually an album at Paisley Park. uh, And the group that he was with was called Baby Moses. And they had their biggest song out at the time was Things Are Looking Up. He had worked with Fly in a Family Stone, I can Tina Turner. Um, but then on the sad part of it, I'm not really sure he totally knew his his self worth or he totally loved himself. Um, I'm saying that's separate from the disease process. That's just stuff that I've kind of been working with the last couple of years and I'm still kind of asking the big question why. So when so when that happened. After his service, the very next year, 
I went fully involved with AIDS Walk Kansas City. So I joined the memorial team. Um, I'm, I'm also part of the committee that actually puts the walk together. Um, and all of our funds stay here in the Kansas City area that we raise. All the money stays here. That's incredible. So, yeah. And you're able to um, honor your brother in the walk. I know that in the Kansas City AIDS walk that there are banners with names of all of the Kansas City individuals um, that we want to honor that we have lost to HIV and AIDS. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the Memorial Committee, <laughs> which I am a part of, that's part of our charge is not to forget, not to forget that this disease isn't over, not to forget the stigmatization, and also to honor those that have come before us who we have lost to this disease. So that's the reason for the banners. That's the reason for the names on the shirt. And we actually clean and care for those banners every year. It's a physical act of love that we do as well. And unfortunately, I have an additional banner of one of my friends, Eric Butler, who used to lead Team GE because I first, before I lost my brother, Joe, I walked and worked with Eric to help raise money underneath Team GE. And so now, basically, I feel responsible for two flags. And quite frankly, I hope that I don't have to look over another flag. Yeah, I think that's a part of the importance of the, the AIDS walk here in Kansas City, um, just to spread awareness and to let people know that HIV is still an issue in, in our communities, um, that it's an issue for everyone. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and to, to continue to push for the destigmatization of HIV and AIDS as well in our communities. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about the AIDS Service Foundation, if we have a couple of minutes. Yeah, please. Yeah, please let us know. Okay. Uh, okay. So the AIDS Service Foundation of KC is started in 92, 1992. So it's like the big umbrella, right? And underneath that is AIDS Walk KC, KC Care Health Center, Save Inc., Thrive Health Connection, and Hope Care Center. So some people don't know. I think some people think that when we just do the walk, it's a one-day thing, and all is well, and we achieve the goal. Yes, we do achieve part of the goal, but we also have fundraisers all year long because all of these organizations depend on us. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So we raise funds to provide education, awareness, treatment, and prevention for uh, around 5,700 people in the KC metro area right now. Um, and yes, we work to reduce stigma and to rid shame for people who are living with the diagnosis. And there is also a new initiative called You Equals You, which means that when someone is connected to care and can successfully suppress the virus to an undetectable level, then the virus cannot 
spread. And the WHO also supports this message. There are a lot of people that don't realize that AIDS is the second leading cause of death in African-American men aged 35 to 44. And it's also the leading cause of death among black women ages 25 to 34. More than 1 million people are living with HIV in the U.S. 25% are unaware and could be causing more than half of the new infections in the United States. 27% of new infections are among women. 73% are among men. 80% new infections in women are heterosexually transmitted. Yeah, it shows that this that really um, HIV and AIDS affect everyone in our communities. Yes. Thank you so much for um, sharing all of that information. And thank you so much for sharing your personal story and your connection to the walk, too. Um, I also want to say happy birthday, Arlene. It is your birthday today. Um, and I'm so thank grateful. You. I'm so grateful that you can join us on your birthday. I hope the listeners out there are sending you some birthday love right now. Um, and before um, we come to a close here, since we're mid midway through the show, I want to um, talk more about the work that you do now. Um, you incorporate sound healing and crystals in your practice along with gem essences. Could you tell us a little bit about sound healing for listeners that might not be familiar with it um, and what that looks like in your personal practice? Um, yeah. Sound healing is such a beautiful thing <laughs> because everything is vibrating. It just might be at a different rate, right? So within different religions and cultural beliefs, the evidence is clear um, about vibration. So you and I are speaking. That's, that's huge vibration, vibratory experience that we're having right now, right? We're vibing, that's for sure. So, yeah, we're <laughs> vibing. <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't want to say it's simple because for me it's simple just because I think in that way, but there have been so many investigators, scientists, whatever you want to call them, that have come before us that has shown us the beauty and how helpful that sound healing can be. Um, so we're just gonna do a couple of definitions just to kind of help people maybe understand it a little better. So frequency is the measurement of sound through air, right? And then resonance is the natural vibration of an object. Entrainment is a principle in which vibrations of one object can change to those of another. So I'll give you an example of that. Our heart, our breathing, and our brain waves. We don't have to think about any one of those three, correct? correct. It happens automatically, right? Well, I kind of like them to continue generally, but yes. I... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So... If we do breath work, 
and we can kind of experiment in kind of a fun way to see how to challenge that, I guess. I'll put it to you that way, right? Because as we do the beautiful breath work techniques, we can slow the rate of our respiration. We can slow down our heart if, if it's just beating so fast and we're almost in palpitation. And we can feel kind of like people tell me when we've done some breath work stuff that they feel kind of more at ease or they feel more peaceful. Um, and brain waves are also going to get in line with that as the heart changes, as the lungs change, if we're changing the rate of our breath. So frequency plus intent equals healing. And, and that's why I just really adore sound healing because it's available for anyone at any time. That's so awesome. And what so are how much time? Yeah, what are some of how the How much time do we have? Oh, we can we can get into it more. Yeah, we've got time. I want to know um though what are some of the the things that you use, the instruments or tools that you use in your sound healing practice? Okay. So I'm going to see if you can hear this. I don't know if you can. We'll see. I heard that. Can you hear those? Mhm. Okay, those are one of my sets of pink shots, which are just like little symbols that are used just to kind of clear an area or kind of reset, upstart. I use tuning forks. I use uh, Tibetan bowls. I use glass bowls. And I use the voice. So that's why I was wondering if we had a few minutes because I want you to do this with me, Jalissa, and see what you think. Cool? All right, yeah, let's try it. Okay, so we're gonna do work with vowels, which some people call this toning, right? And, and how the toning is helpful is it could help us balance each of our chakra centers, right? Okay, so Let's start at the bottom for root chakra. Cool? Cool. So root chakra is earth, right? Slow, thick energy in a sense, right? <laughs> so the sound for root chakra is uh, like it's kind of guttural and it's kind of deep. Uh, so, like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, just do this with me for a second. You ready? All right. I'm ready. Breathe in. Okay. Breathe in. Now breathe out. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can have fun with it, too. You want to try it again? Yeah. Let's do it one more time. All right. So breathe in. Give me that guttural uh. 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 I hope someone was just tuning into the radio station at that moment when we made that noise. <laughs> like, what the heck are they doing over there every day? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. So the next area then that we're going to work on is, ooh, like you. Ooh. Okay, so we're going from the root. We're making our way up up the channels here 
and we're we're gonna tone this area to see if we can get a little bit of vibe change. All right, you ready? All right. And take a breath in. Now breathe out. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, I love hearing your voice. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm cheating. In another <laughs> life, I sang. I sang a little bit, but not, you know, not professionally. Okay. You want to try again? Yeah. Let's do it one more time. All right. Ready? Breathe right. in. And now out with you. Mm. Now just doing those two areas, what are you noticing? I can feel it. I, I can feel it. I feel can more connected to that energy center. I'm kind of visualizing um, when you're talking about the chakras at the base um, and then in the stomach area as well of the lower chakras that you were mentioning. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, let's keep going. The next one, the next area, we're in solar plexus now, okay? And where is, is that located oh, on the body for oh, listeners? Like for listeners that might not know where the solar plexus is, where would that be located on the body roughly? Well, you have, you have your beautiful tummy and then before we go up into the breast area there's kind of like this little i don't know i it's sort of like a road and it's almost where the ribs come away because your lungs are underneath there so the solar plexus would be kind of like at the apex of that v in what what they call the true center of kind of like your upper body across like if you made like a semicircle it would be across breast tissue right or just about across breast tissue up a little bit more not not in line with areola but up about a half inch four awesome. to half inch does that make sense mm -hmm. okay awesome so you ready to try, ready to try O? Yes, let's go for it. So O is like go. So take a breath in and breathe out with a softness with O. O. Awesome. Wanna try again? Let's let's try it one more time. Okay, breathe in. And now out. Ooh. Mm, I love that. It just feels so good to me. <laughs> Thank you for that. I hope that everyone um, listening is able to give that a try too and to do some sound healing for themselves. I didn't really think of sound healing as it could be a kind of DIY practice that you could, you can um, use your breath or your own voice for your own healing. It makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. So we have four more areas, but I don't know how close we are. 
Well, we're about to take a break, so let's pick an area. What, what one do you want to finish on? What would your favorite be? Oh, man. <laughs> Embodiment. I'm just going to skip everything and go right to crown. All right, let's, let's which go. Means, which means embodiment, and it's thought, uh, universal identity, consciousness as pure awareness. So let's end up there, and that's me. That's E that sounds like me. Ready? Ready. All right, breathe in. And then breathe out with that beautiful E. E. You've got it down. I need to work on my ease. <laughs> <laughs> my crown chakra must be a little dusty. <laughs> uh, uh, wow. That's so crazy how great that feels. And that was just a couple of minutes. Yeah, that was really fun. Um, yeah, I hope the people listening are able to try it out too. And maybe they're getting some funny looks if they're in their car or something driving around right now. <laughs> We were mind melding because I do it at lights and people do. They think I've kind of like, I don't know, they're like, what is going on with that lady? But yeah, it's it's fun to do it while you're driving around. It makes people wonder what's up. That's so great. Well, we're about to go uh, to break and then we will be back with Arlene um, to talk more about your wellness practices. All right, and we are back on the Every Woman Show here at KKFI. Joining us is Arlene Williams. Uh, we've been talking about what body work is, about massage practices. We got into some sound healing. We talked about the Casey AIDS walk. Um, and Arlene, I wanted to ask you because crystals are a part of your practice as well too um, and they've definitely gained more popularity. There's crystal shops all over Kansas City. Um, I, I see people with crystal jewelry all of the time. Um, what would be some of your advice for listeners who are kind of new um, to working with crystals or who might not consider why would someone use crystals in a in a massage or in a healing session? Well, here's the amazing thing. Crystals are a part of our everyday life, whether we use them or not. Because if you use a phone or you use a laptop, you're utilizing crystals. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the beauty of it. It's that simple. And crystals are the great record keepers they have the information probably way beyond our own um, understanding they can help us bring forth pure potential what is pure potential that book that you have inside of you that maybe you're afraid to write or that trip that you want to take, but you just haven't quite put together the plan to do it. Or changing professions because you think maybe your friends or family aren't going to understand why you want to go out and start a nonprofit. They don't get that because to them, profit is, is the way, right? All of those things are potentials and to me 
those are potential points, like a thousand points of light that also help us engage with community, healing within community, and healing ourselves. So, if somebody doesn't know about crystals, other than your phone that you use a lot, I say just go out and hang out with them. More simple way, take your shoes off and go outside. Notice what you feel through the earth, because the earth has vibration too. It, it has a measurement that's called the Schumann resonance. And actually the center of the earth is getting a bit faster than it used to be. So what I do even to just slow myself down, the shoes go off, I just stand outside for a minute and I just feel and I just breathe. And then I would say, just check out what you like. If you like a certain color, go for the color. If you like how it feels in your hand, go for that. Um, trying not to say what I really want to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say it. I will. I'm going to say it because it's kind of funny. There are size queens. <laughs> and some people think bigger is better. It doesn't matter for a crystal. The smallest crystal still has the ancient information within and the ability to help us, help move us through potentiality. So size does not matter when it comes to crystal. Awesome. Do you have a favorite crystal at the moment that you've been enjoying working with? Hmm. I love rose quartz because I think our earth just needs extra love and hugs right now. And and we need it too. It's been a heck of a year and a half adventure. <laughs> and um, we're still in the midst of it. And it's changing so fast. Things are changing so fast. So I like I like rose quartz and it's gentle. It doesn't feel like, well, let me back up. In my experience, there are crystals that I work with that feel a little bit more like they're harder, like even their description, they're, they're a harder crystal, correct? So I just kind of like, especially if somebody's not used to it, I like introducing softer energies. Um, amethyst is a personal favorite of mine. Um, between that and Labradorite, I feel like I'm at home. If I'm personally working with a crystal, those are like my two favorites and I'm trying not to say that too loud because I don't want my other uh, crystal <laughs> rock people to get upset with me. <laughs> you have to put that aside. Personally, I, yeah, I just kind of go with softer stuff in the office that I basically match the color of the crystal or the rock, however you want to say it, to the areas of the energy centers to, to help rebalance. So I do chakra balancing as well, and I use crystals for that purpose. That's awesome. So you use the crystals then when you're doing um, your massage sessions and healing sessions? 
Yes. Crystals can be used to aid in healing as a grid. You can use them around your home. You can grid a workspace. You can... I don't do a full-on grid around people at this time, but I place them on the energy center. So that is basically, I am gridding them. I'm just not trying to overpower them. (laughs) Because even though it's subtle, I just find that I I go in with the idea of less is more because it's kind of like anything. It's, It's a new experience for your entire body and all your energetic bodies. So I like to just kind of step it, you know, slowly toward where they would like to see their health and wholeness. Awesome. And for listeners that aren't familiar with a crystal grid, that's basically just arranging crystals um, in any kind of pattern you would like, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not, I don't want to say fussy. I think there are some people that are very particular about what goes where. Mm-hmm. And you, you, that level can be utilized, yes. Because if you're trying to bring things out, hmm, let me back up a little bit. If you're trying to do more of work like fire, air, mm-hmm. water, then maybe you want to position crystals in a certain way. That's so, yes, totally. Um, Arlene, we are closing our show here now, and I wish that we could just continue this conversation. Um, I am so grateful for all of the information, the exercises, everything that you shared about your own story and about the KC AIDS Walk. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Every Woman Show, and happy birthday. It's an honor to be with you today, Jalissa. Thank you so much. Mm, much love, KKFI. Much love felt. Thank you. Thank you so much. And everyone out there, do stay tuned because coming up we have Urban Connections and then that's followed by Unbossed and Bothered with Diva Sean Gilmore. And we have Quiet taking us into the next show, uh, also followed by Hurts to Be Human and both of those are by Milk. So thank you for joining us today. <laughs>